0: Hi, this is Pastor Dale O'Shills of Church of the Redeemer in Gaithersburg, Maryland. I want to invite you to tune in to our weekly radio program titled Practical Living, right here on WAVA, every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. And I also would encourage you to join us for one of our weekend worship services. All the information about services and locations can be found at our website at church-redeemer.org. That's church-redeemer.org.
1: Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us.
0: And that's what I want to focus on this weekend and next weekend. I want to talk to you about how much God cares about you, how much He really cares about you. Because as surely as the Lord was David's shepherd, the Lord is your shepherd as well. If you know Christ as Savior and Lord of your life, you've entered into a relationship with God, and God has made a commitment to you. He's promised you to be the shepherd of your life. Now, if you don't know Jesus, I would suggest you get to know him today, okay? And come into the family of God and receive him as Lord of your life so that you can be a part of this great flock of God cared for by the shepherd, but I want to talk to you about how God cares for you. And this psalm is so rich, I would not, it would be wrong of me to try to cover it all in one message. I could literally do six or eight messages on this one psalm easily, easily. I mean, we could almost go word by word through this passage and study it and see, get great benefit from it. We don't have time to do that during this season. I've done more extensive teachings on it in the past, likely we'll do more in the future, God willing. But for this season, we're going to break it into two parts. We're going to talk this weekend and next weekend about how God cares about you. I want you to say with me this morning, God cares about me. Say it. God God cares cares about me. me. The Lord is my shepherd. Say it with me. The Lord is is my shepherd. And Jesus made clear that we have, have access to the Lord as our shepherd through relationship with him. In fact, he says in John chapter 10, I, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I am your Jehovah-Rohi. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. So it's the same God, Old Testament and New Testament. When David said, the Lord is my shepherd, Jesus said, I am that shepherd. How does he shepherd your life? First thing for today is to understand that the good shepherd feeds us. He feeds each one of us. Fresh grass and clean water are vital to the health of livestock. You can't keep a healthy flock, any kind of flock, without making sure they have good pasture land and good water. We know that sheep are used for, for wool and they're used for feeding people with. And so their health is going to be determined by their diet. Okay? That's true in any human organism. The health is determined by the diet. The problem with sheep is that they're dumb. Very dumb. Okay? And they don't know how to distinguish between good food and bad food and good water and bad water. Left on their own, they'll eat poisonous plants. See, some animals will recognize a poisonous plant and they will not eat it. Instinctively, they know not to eat that by smell or whatever the case might be. They discern what they should or shouldn't eat. Sheep are not like that. They just eat whatever is before them. And they don't know how to distinguish between good water and poisonous water. Many animals as well will come to poisonous water, they will smell it, realize I'm not going to drink from this and refuse to, but a, a sheep will eat basically anything that it finds to nourish on and will drink any kind of water that they find access to. They will settle for an inferior diet if they're, if they're, not, if it's not, they're not careful or taken care of. So a good shepherd knows how to make sure that 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 shepherd gets the sheep to lush pastures and to the best water supplies. In fact, in ancient times, even up until today, good shepherds will actually create pasture land for their sheep and they will dig wells for their sheep. In fact, you will see in the Old Testament times, for example, when Abraham would travel throughout Canaan, he would dig wells. Why did he dig wells? He he would dig wells certainly for his family, but also for his livestock. You'll see many times in the Old Testament people showing up at wells with livestock to be fed, to be nourished there, taken care of there, like camel and sheep and so forth. So we see that shepherds take care of their sheep. A good shepherd is intentional and diligent in getting the sheep to the right pasture land, the right nourishment, the right refreshing. David understood this because as a young shepherd boy serving his father, he'd always made sure that the sheep had good food and the right water. He'd made sure that his dead sheep were well taken care of and he knew that the Lord would not do less for him. The Lord is my shepherd, And then he says this. He makes me to do what? Lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet or still waters. David says, just like I took care of my dad's sheep. And I made sure that I got them to the green pastures. And I made sure they had healthy water. I know God will do the same thing for me. Dear one... Please know today that you have a shepherd who will feed you what you need in your life, okay? How does he feed us? Well, he feeds us in a variety of ways. Certainly, he feeds us spiritually. I'm going to come back to this in a moment, but notice these passages. Jesus answered, It is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word. That comes out of the mouth of God. So we're fed by God. Jesus, in fact, identifies himself as that bread. I am the true bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will not die as your ancestors did, even though they ate the manna, but will live forever. So we see this promise that God will take care of us or feed us spiritually. God will take care of you physically. Did you know that? You can have confidence that your physical needs will be met. David, when he was old, said... I've been young and now I am old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed out begging for bread. Isn't that good to know? That's what David said. Okay, And so Jesus, in fact, promised this. Matthew 6, don't worry about these things. These physical things. What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father, your good shepherd, Jehovah-Rohi, already knows all of your needs. He'll take care of you emotionally because we all have emotional needs. Look at this. Peter writes and says, cast all your care on him, on Jehovah-Rohi. Cast all of your care on Him because what He cares for you. So God cares enough for you to to meet every need in your life. He promises to nourish you spiritually and mentally and emotionally and physically in terms of the physical needs of your life and relationally. He says, I will take care of you. I do want to say one thing and emphasize one thing, however. The most important need that you have in your life is, is spiritual in nature. And the most important need that you have in terms of feeding is you need to be fed spiritually above everything else. You can have all the riches in the world. You can drive the nicest car, live in the nicest house, wear the nicest clothes, know all the nicest people, have the greatest positions and be miserable. You can do all those things and be empty on the inside. Nothing wrong with any of those things I've mentioned. Absolutely nothing wrong with them. But I'm telling you that your most important need in life is not physical in nature. It's not even emotional in nature. Your most important need in life is spiritual needs. If you're not fed spiritually, you're going to be in trouble in other realms of your life. You may have other things that are supplied in your life, but you're never going to be fulfilled in your life. Because your greatest need, everybody has a void inside of them that's searching for God. Okay. And there's only, nothing else fits. It's like a puzzle piece. You ever tried to, you know, like a big jigsaw puzzle, and you got a, a piece that's missing, and, and you know you're trying your best to find the piece, and you try to slam something else in there, and it's just not going to fit. You do everything possible to try to make it fit, and it doesn't fit until you find exactly the right Piece and it goes in there and the picture becomes complete because the right piece is in the right place. The same with God. You need God more than anything else in your life. You need to be spiritually fed. And so the Lord promises to spiritually feed you. How? Through his word. Obviously, he's given to us his word. The Bible is referred to as bread, as honey, as milk, as water, as meat for our lives. And so you need to partake regularly of God's word. That's why it's such a wonderful thing that you're here today. What's happening right now is whether you realize it or not, at least as long as you're listening right now, you're getting some food coming your way. You've been, you're being served a meal right now. You're partaking of something that's feeding you on the inside. That's why it's valuable to, to not only hear the teaching of God's Word, but to engage in the reading and the study of God's Word. That's why it's valuable to participate in a class here at church. Why? Because you're getting fed the Word of God. So you need to eat well. If you don't eat of God's Word, you're going to have spiritual malnutrition in your life. And then, of course, you need to be fed through the Spirit of God. Let me talk about that just for a moment. We often think of God the Father and God the Son, but we don't think a whole lot about God the Holy Spirit. But please remember that God is three in one, one in three. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And so just as real as God is and just as real as Jesus is, the Spirit of God is real as well. And when you accept Christ as Lord of your life, the Spirit of the living God comes to live inside of you. The Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit of God takes up residence inside of you. He is in you if you know Jesus. You can't even call Jesus Lord without the Spirit being in you. So if you're, you're a believer in Christ today, the Spirit has taken up residence inside you. The Spirit is in this place this afternoon. Do you know that? You can't see him. You don't even have to see him nor feel him but he is here. He said, I'm where two or three have gathered. I'm there. He's here. Part of our problem is we don't take time to quiet ourselves to recognize the freshness and the quiet waters of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Can I invite you to do something with me just for a moment? Would you just open your hands in front of you right now? And would you just pray this prayer along with me? Holy Spirit of God, I welcome you into my life today. I receive your fresh spirit. Your renewal. Forgive me. For every time I've quenched you. Or grieved you. You are welcome in my life, Holy Spirit. Help me to listen. Help me to respond. Help me to honor you. Spirit of the living God. Fall afresh on me. In Jesus' name. Here's the second thing that we must understand about the care of God. Not only does he feed you, but the good shepherd does what? He restores us. The work of a shepherd is restoration. Now, David declares here, the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything that I need. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the quiet waters. He restores my soul. I want you to know there's a sequence here. There's a sequence, a very unique sequence that you must understand. They come in an order here. And I'll come back to that in a bit. The word restore means to repair, to put back together again, to refresh, to return uh, to bring something back to its original condition. That's the basic idea. We talk about restoring an old car. People restore uh, maybe classic cars. And bring, they bring them back to their original condition. Well, that's what God wants to do. He wants to restore your soul. Your innermost being that has been broken. And restoration is the work of a shepherd. And restoration is the work of love. It's the work of grace. It's the work of compassion. And everybody, at some point in time in our lives and throughout our lives, we need to be restored. Everybody, there's not a single one of us that are so perfect that we don't at times need the shepherd to restore us. And so we can have confidence in our shepherd because he feeds us. We can have confidence in our shepherd because we know that he's there to restore us. He's there to restore our soul. Now, how or when do we need to be restored? I'll give you three examples of this very quickly today. I could give you a lot more. This is not an exhaustive list, but it's a quick list for you. There are three things that I think you you may be able to relate to. First of all, he restores people who are sheep that become what we call perimeter sheep. What is a perimeter sheep? A perimeter sheep is someone that's kind of drifted away from the flock, and they're on the edge. Okay, They haven't completely wandered away, but they live life on the edge. You know what I'm talking about? (laughs) Edge of Jesus and the world. They're not completely walking away, but they walk, they they own that fence line. If I were to, I'm not going to do it today, but if I were to walk the edge of this platform, it would make a lot of you very nervous. It would make me nervous, okay? Because the edge, I'm walking on the perimeter of this platform, and, and just the slightest thing can get me in really big trouble. And a lot of Christians who live their lives that way, they, how far can I get away from God without completely living, leaving God? to get as close to the world as possible. Some of you are getting nervous right now. I'm not going any further. Okay. As close to the world as I can get, without leaving. Jesus, I see you over there. I still remember you, Jesus. But where are we? We're on the perimeter. And the Holy Spirit of God, God the Good Shepherd, does everything possible to go after that perimeter sheep. Because here's the problem with a perimeter sheep they are stubborn. Okay. They have made up their mind. They're hard to reach. They're stubborn. They're independent. They want to do their thing instead of God's thing. If you're here today and you're on the edge, Of Jesus and the world, the shepherd is after you, okay? He's coming after you because he loves you. He knows you're in dangerous territory. See, that sheep that gets on the perimeter doesn't realize it, but they're just a step away from danger. They're they're actually very close to the potential of a predator grabbing them and doing great damage to them. Amen? So, perimeter sheep. He restores the perimeter sheep. He restores the wandering sheep. There's a difference. This is a difference here. The wandering sheep, they just blew on past the perimeter. Okay. They're out in the wilderness. They've left God, forgotten about God, doing things their own way. And they once knew God, loved God, but now they've walked away from God. And the good shepherd doesn't forget them either. Isn't that good to know? He doesn't forget you if you're a wandering sheep. Jesus said, there was, a she- there was a shepherd that had a hundred sheep and one of them walked away. He had 99, but he left the 99 to go find the one that had walked away. That's the heart of a shepherd. And so if you're a person that has walked away from God, you know you're in this room today because the shepherd's been chasing you. You wouldn't even be here if it had not been for the shepherd. You, it, I mean, we could see the heel marks in the, uh, in the parking lot how the shepherd drug you in here today, Okay. <laughs> You didn't want to be here. But somehow, through some situation, you got dragged. you dragging me to church again? No. They're not dragging you to church. The good shepherd's dragging you to church because he loves you. He cares about you. It's dangerous to be out there. There are wolves and all kinds of predators. You don't realize the danger. See, that sheep that wanders away doesn't realize what's out there in the wilderness. That's why the shepherd says, I got to leave these 99 right here. You take care of them. I got to run, find the one that's out in the wilderness. They don't realize what danger they're in. So the good shepherd goes after the perimeter sheep. He goes after the wandering sheep because they're not just stubborn, they are rebels. Jehovah orohi, I have everything that I need. He makes me lie down in green pastures, leads me beside the still or quiet waters. He restores my soul. But now we come to the third thing. What does the good shepherd do for us? The good shepherd leads us. He feeds us. He restores us. And he leads us. There's another thing that we need to note about sheep. They have no sense of direction at all. They're dumb. Which means that's why the Bible uses sheep... As it relates to us, okay? We just do dumb things. Anybody done any dumb things ever in your life? Yeah, we all have, right? Because okay. we're sheep, okay? So they don't have any sense of direction or left alone. They just wander around with no path, and no sense of direction. That's why, shepherd, that's why sheep need shepherds, okay? Sheep need shepherds. You don't, I mean, you can put a, a, you can put a, a bunch of cows out in a field, you don't have to put somebody out there with them all day long. They generally don't get themselves in trouble, but sheep are going to get themselves in trouble because, again, they wander. They need someone to lead them. So it's very clear that we need a leader. We need to be led. And so David says this, now that I know this about the shepherd, he's a good shepherd because he leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake, for his namesake. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. What does this mean? It means very clearly, David understood, and we should as well, that God has prepared a path for each one of us. God has a will for your life. God has a plan for your life. You're not an accident. God purposed something for your life. You're not just on planet earth, taking oxygen in and spitting back out carbon dioxide. No, God has a plan and purpose for your life. You are somebody to God. There's a value to your life. There's a plan for your life. And the greatest plan for your life is not the plan you will come up with for your life or someone else will give you for your life. The greatest plan for your life is God's plan for your life. And this is a plan for every sheep. Young person, hear me today. You may be 12, 13, 15, 18, whatever your age is. Don't, don't pursue life based upon your plan. Ask God for His plan. And if you're 40 or 50 or 60, God still has a plan. If you're 70 or 80, God still has a plan for you. I truly believe this. If you're not dead, you're not done. Okay? If you're not dead, you're not done. Okay? So God has a plan. He'll take you right where you are today. Today and get you into the plan that he has for he's prepared a path for each one of you. Second of all, God's path have boundaries. See, every time a shepherd leads a flock, he leads them on the path, but he also makes sure that they understand their boundaries. Don't go over here and don't go over there because there are briars and thickets over there. You'll get caught in them, or there's poisonous water there. There's trouble here. These are things you shouldn't eat. Stay on the path with me. And so God gives us some boundaries. That's what his word is. That's why he says this is right and this is wrong. This is good. This is bad. Stay on the path with me. He leads me in paths of righteousness. What's right for our lives It doesn't mean that we're never going to get off the path But it's realizing there's some boundaries that we need to stay in And we get in trouble when we get off the path
1: Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast You felt a stirring in your heart Something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God The first way to start in that journey with God Is to open your heart to Jesus Christ Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out, and the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you. You need to take the next step. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word. And make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. You've been listening to the Teaching Ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing.
0: Hi, this is Pastor Dale O'Shills of Church of the Redeemer in Gaithersburg, Maryland. I want to invite you to tune in to our weekly radio program titled Practical Living right here on WAVA every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. And I also would encourage you to join us for one of our weekend worship services. All the information about services and locations can be found at our website at church-redeemer.org. That's church-redeemer.org.